What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Only 14 games into the 2023-24 season, and it's already been a very interesting one for the Chicago Bulls. On today's episode, we're going to talk about why the front office really has to own and realize that this is the situation that they've created through either their moves or lack thereof. We're also going to ask, can the Chicago Bulls beat the Heat on back-to-back nights and dive a little bit into the mailbag? We're going to get to all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every single social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. First up, I want to talk about the situation that we currently have that we're in with the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, in a fan base, uh, we're divided some. Uh, it seems like in, in, at a team level, we're divided some, right? There's a lot of things that are going into it right now. Of course, right now, kind of everything, the situation circling Zach Levine, his play on the court, then, you know, the Trey rumors came out, and then you had the incident with the, with the lady from PR and things like that. And then, you know, let's, start, let's remember that this season started off with a players-only meeting, for lack of a better term, after the first game into the season. And if that was not a sign that this season was going to be one for the ages for the Chicago Bulls, Buckle in uh, because it's 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 just began, right? And this the, the front office has to really realize that this is a situation that they have created, right? And we could talk all day about, you know, Zach, and I, I know some Bulls fans look at it and think Zach's being made the scapegoat. I don't necessarily think that. I do think it's a combination of his own actions uh, with the, 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 the place that the team's in overall. Um, but I don't think anybody's blaming the way that this season's gone strictly on Zach Levine because it's not. And anybody who is, if you are trying to just blame that, that where the Chicago Bulls currently sit at, I think you're placing the blame in the wrong place. The blame, and listen, I'm going to say this. You guys know I had my whole rant. I don't like ownership. I don't like what they do. I don't like the fact that we don't have an ownership group that's committed to just doing whatever it takes to win. But even then, it's not even just that. Ownership has very little to do day-to-day with how a team is built. And the front office really has to look at the situation that they have put this team in this place in. Let's, let's just go for it, right? First, you came in to the Chicago Bulls team and you said we're going to build through the draft, right? We're going to build organically. And then six months after that, you traded all the young pieces. You went out and got Nikola Vucevic. You traded a lot of first-round picks uh, to do it as well. And then you end up bringing in DeMar DeRozan. You end up bringing in Lonzo Ball. You end up signing Alice Caruso. And you jump-started the timeline on this team. Now, again, I understand trying to make the move to go to make the Bulls a competitive team then. Do not get me wrong. I understand that. I'm not against it because, listen, had it worked, let's say, for example, Lonzo Ball never went down with injury, I think we're in a completely different place as both the team, organization, and a franchise. We're just in a different place as far as our fandom. We're probably at that point talking about a team that's gone on playoff runs for at least the last two seasons and a team that's probably gearing in for another one. But the front office has to realize that in their bet on continuity, right, it just, it failed. When you bet on continuity, you're hoping that the team plays better together. You're hoping that the team bonds together. You're hoping that the coaching staff brings out the better in 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 uh, the players you have here. And that just has not happened, right? And to go back to what we just talked about, 
You jump-started the timeline on this team. Cool. You gave up a bunch of first-round picks to get it done, and then now look at us. We sit almost right at the, at the same place, if not maybe even in a little bit of a worse place than what we would have been had we just organically built for the last three years, had our own first-round picks, made smart draft decisions, which, again, is another thing that you have to ask yourself on. But the frustration with this team is palpable. And the frustration with this team, yes, the players absolutely have a place in that. The coach absolutely has a place in that. More on that in, in a second. But where we sit right now as a franchise, you have to look at the ineptitude of the front office to move off their initial plan. And the reason why I say move off their initial plan, because the initial plan was working. When Lonzo Ball was healthy, even with the flaws that this team had, this team was in a much better situation as far as being a more complete team that fit together. You all, the team that you built hinged on one player that is not a star level player, but that he just made it work at almost a star level um, of, of input to this team. Lonzo Ball was so important to just making the minutia of this team work. And when he went down, we have not yet rebounded well from it. Now, one could say as well, at that point, once Lonzo went down, unless you were going to make a huge move to bring in the very few point guards that can make it in. As many Bulls fans to say that, oh, it's a true point guard, it's not. We didn't even use Lonzo Ball in the half court as a true point guard, but the communication that Lonzo brought on defense, the basketball IQ that he had that helped the basketball IQ of the other players around, and just overall, Lonzo Ball's ability to be what he was defensively just made this team so much of a more dangerous team. Now, we have not, that has not worked since then. We've not been able to replace that because that's a hard thing to, to replace if you're not also going to be spending money. The front office, like I said, they have to realize that this is a situation and a storm that they have created by both their moves and lack thereof. Once this team went down and you saw, hey, I'm not going to say initially last offseason you just should have traded everybody, but listen, by, tr by the trade deadline last season, you saw that this team wasn't going to work. And yes, Pat Bev came in. We went 14-9 and over that time period. I get it. That was That's a solid win percentage. But listen, it, it, again, if you needed that, if, if a buyout candidate needed to bring culture to your team, you, you should, it should already tell you where your team currently is. The inability to move off this core. And, and again, I'm not saying that I'm not the one that should have, that's saying let's go all rebuild, but you didn't make the correct moves when you needed to. And now tensions are high. Players are frustrated. Zach Levine has recently talked about how frustrated he is by losing. And am I saying he's handling it 100% the right way? No, I'm not saying that at all by any stretch of the imagination. But the front office created this situation and scenario by not being willing to take risk, right? And I, and I understand it to a degree. You took risk. You spent first-round draft capital. You did all that to build this version of the team. You didn't want to spend any more draft capital, and I don't mind that. I understand that. Hold on to your draft picks if you can. But at the end of the day, we all knew, we saw that, that we were going to hit a wall at some point in time. And even in you know me and my optimism coming into the season, what did I say? I think this thing can get about 45 wins. That's not a huge amount more than what we did. What is that, five games more than what we won last season? Where this team is right now is a combination of coaching, which absolutely Billy Donovan and his coaching mistakes, not developing like you said you brought him in for, us not developing players overall. The, the fact that we aren't winning because this team just doesn't really fit well together and we've had size issues the whole time. And you, you got to have a front office when you are in a place of trying to claw your way up and be a team that can win basketball games consistently. You have to have a front office that is willing to make risk. They made some initial, initial risk coming into this, right? They made some initial ones. 
But then since then, they've played it extremely safe. And almost now that guarding everything, that holding everything so tightly has now caused it to completely implode. So this front office, and like I've said before, ideally, would I like Zach Levine to be traded? No, I would love you to find a way to make it work for a player that really developed a lot here, right? But but the one thing that the Zach Levine trade is going to bring, it's going to force the front office to make changes. And for that, I mean, I say it's more of the same of what we've seen before. The only reason we moved off John Paxson and Gar Foreman is because John Paxson went to ownership and basically said, hey, I don't know what I'm doing here anymore, right? That's crazy. And so now a roster that has been stagnant, we now sit in a place where it took Zach Levine to be tired of it as rumored and asked for a trade for it to get to this point. And so, you know, all the other things that are going around the team, I've I've had my thoughts on that. We got videos out on that. But right now, the place that this franchise is in is being a losing team is because the the front office created this situation. They created it. And no front office is perfect. Every front office makes mistakes. Every front office has a pick that they don't hit on. So I'm not saying that all those things, but listen, we're talking about, we got 68 games left. We are 14 games into an 82 game season. And we have already hit a place where this team has just seemed like it's bottomed out. That is a result of the front office. And so we got into this because of them. If we're going to get out of it, it's going to be because of them or because they end up getting fired, which I don't think is going to happen at all. AK is going to be around for a while, but they got to figure out a way out of this. And this, they have to first realize what got us here. And what got us here is the lack of action. So now you have to make action. And that action is being forced upon you because somebody wants out. Sucks that we're here. Sucks that this is what it takes to get to this place, but it is what it is. And let's see how the front office now reacts to being in a place where they're going to have to be forced to make change. With that said, we got a game tonight against the Miami Heat. The Chicago Bulls playing against the Miami Heat at home. We went down in that uh, last game early, 22-1. to Ended up coming back, showing some fight, showing some grit, showing some determination. Alex Caruso continues to be the heart of that Chicago Bulls team. DeMar DeRozan had one of his better games as well uh, during the season. Not the best, but one of the better games, right? Uh, Zach Levine did a lot of things other than scoring in that game as well. When you look at the the rebound total, the assist total, he was doing other things. Now, I know some of the more pessimistic Bulls fans are going to say he's doing that because he didn't want to shoot. Whatever happens with that, it worked, right? So the Bulls now come into a situation against the Miami Heat where they now have played this opponent once. The Miami Heat are probably going to be looking for their revenge, and they're facing a coach in Eric Spostra that I trust that he's going to adjust to what he saw in that first game that worked for the Chicago Bulls. So this is a game where I would say this. We do need Zach Levine to be aggressive. As long as Zach Levine is still on this team and playing, we are going to need Zach Levine to be more aggressive because when Zach Levine goes and gets going scoring-wise, it's very few ways that you can stop him, but it also opens up the game for so many other players. We're going to need our role players to step up too. Whoever starts at the four position uh, and Kobe White at the, at the, at the uh, one, we need better production from those players. We have to have it because if we don't have it, we're going to wind up right back in the same scenario where we're fighting from being down. This team needs to stop allowing themselves to get into these big holes early on and these deficits that they have to fight so hard and claw their way back from. One thing in the starting lineup last, every player scored in double digits. Shout out to them on that one. Can we do that more effectively and more efficiently? And can we do it earlier on so that our bench doesn't have to come in and save our asses once again, right? That's what it is. This team has to find a way to consistently give the effort on both sides of the ball. The Chicago Bulls are the number eight ranked defense in the league right now. And you've seen how bad we've looked defensively at times. And when you look at the some of the clutch statistics, it's crazy. The Bulls have been in the most clutch situations in the league so far. And they actually have a positive point differential in that time. But our point differential in the first half of games is so abysmal 
that it literally puts us at that deficit. The way that the Bulls play in crunch time, if they could find a way to even give 60% of that throughout the whole game, we're talking about a team that would have a winning record on this season so far. And so, will it happen? It's easy to say that it would happen. Right now, the Chicago Bulls have played 41 clutch. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. It's the most in the NBA, and we have a positive plus-minus of plus 19.1 in those minutes, and we're 3-5 and five in those games because we get out to the huge deficits early, and that's what the Chicago Bulls have to look to fix. In the first quarter, we have a net rating of negative 16.3. That's how much of a hole we get ourselves in to start games. The Bulls have to eliminate that. They have to try to come in and do this better if they want to start winning games. The question is, is this that even what they're trying to do? <laughs> that's the biggest question there. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, again, I know that the Bulls are capable of beating anyone. They're also capable of losing to just anyone as well. So we got to see how this Bulls team is going to come in. I hope that we see better effort. I hope that we see better energy. Hopefully Nikola Vucevic can get going a little bit earlier on. We can go to him a little bit more. Bam is always going to be a tough matchup for him as well. And we're probably going to need DeMar DeRozan's heroics as well. We're going to have to need, if we can get DeMar and Zach both going, it, it makes it makes Eric Spoelstra think about which one he's going to put Jimmy Butler on, and then that can free up the other one to do some things later on in the game. So let's see if the Chicago Bulls can come in here with a better game plan, better heart, better determination to go through a whole four quarters of basketball. And if they do that, we'll see if they can get the back-to-back wins against the Miami Heat. I think it will be the first time winning back-to-back games, uh, the first winning stretch in the season, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that one, though. Uh, but let's hope that the Bulls can come in here get some victories, and tough it out. Yeah, I just look, the Bulls have not had back-to-back victories at all this season. So let's see if we can do it for the first time so far. Now, with that said, you guys have been going off in the mailbag, and it's understandable considering all the drama around the Chicago Bulls. So we're going to dive a little bit into the mailbag today. We're going to this first one, this one's from Kelder. Uh, chemistry question for you today. I know you saw, I know you watched it. I didn't watch the Bulls last night. I'm kind of out until this whole, like, Levine thing's resolved. Because uh, What do you think happens to a team's chemistry? When guy um, like Levine, who won't take, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be very biased here. He doesn't take responsibility for his own stuff. He thinks he's doing his job. Doesn't matter. Doesn't want to take coaching already. And this is this is before this year he did that. Now, once he gets his money, he wants out. Um, I think that kind of proves what he is about. There, um, he's about himself and his own situation, which is fine. It's fine, but don't say I just want to get a win for my team. Um, 
But what do you think he's doing to the chemistry? Because he walked off yesterday like he was mad. Um, kind of shoved off, uh, not shoved, but like pushed an arm away, denying doing that PR thing for a team that treated him pretty well financially, especially. Um, uh, what do you think that's gonna do? Um, I I would sit the guy just because well, I don't like him. I never did like him, but um, I would just sit him. Um, let some of the guys who are want to be there or are a big part of the future develop and just say, "Oh, Zach, is your knee sore? Okay, go sit." What do you, uh, what do you think they should do? All right, bye. Shout out to Kelder, the casual, with not so much of a casual. Like he him saying that he did stop watching games is a little bit of a casual, but that's just my fun towards Kel- Kelder. Uh, is Zach Levine causing chemistry issues? I would say the Zach Levine situation is causing chemistry issues. I'm not as plugged in with the locker room to know what Zach Levine is doing in practice. If this attitude kind of that we see sometimes in games is something that's happening in practice, things like that. But I do think that the situation surrounding Zach, all the talk, all the minutia around it, all the uncertainty of what the future is going to be, all the uncertainty of where the team may go, I do think that that is absolutely causing chemistry issues. And we've seen that over the history of the NBA. Now, Zach Levine's attitude, my, my personal take, not reporting, but my personal take is it could be better, right? It could absolutely be better. You can absolutely see. Zach Levine, in my opinion, kind of checking out at times on his team. And, you know, especially for somebody who says, we just, I'm here. As long as I'm here, I'm here to get wins. I don't feel like the actions have backed those words. That's my personal opinion. But at the end of the day, I do think that there are some chemistry issues with this team on top of some of the things we've already heard coming into this season, right? You came into the season with players saying that we didn't feel like a team. So now with this, of course, it's going to make it even worse. And I don't think the Zach Levine situation is helping the chemistry. Do I think, kind of like when we had Daniel Greenberg on, he said that the Bulls would be out playing playoff team without Zach Levine on the team because of his attitude? I'm not necessarily saying that, but I am saying that some a change to what's happening here could definitely help the um, the chemistry around the team. It could definitely help the mood around the team. And so, you know, let's hope that that ends up being the case uh, for whatever it is. But like I said, we can literally go to December 15th at the earliest. And keep in mind, some of the rookies can't be traded until January. So we can have two more months of this situation. And at that point, you have to ask yourself, is there enough time left if there is chemistry issues to fix your and save your season? That's a big question in that as well. But all right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Ed. Hey, what's up, man? This is Ed. What up, man? Hey, for your next video, man, I, I got to give you my comments, all right, for what I what this freaking team is doing, all right? Please, man, if you have the chance to listen to this uh, voicemail, um, just uh, I just want to say something real quick, all right? Do you really think, man, you know, Let's say, for example, right, they fire Billy Donovan, and I hope that they have some common sense, right, and actually fire Billy Donovan. But my thing is that if they fire Billy Donovan, they actually go after a decent coach who has more NBA experience than a freaking college coach because I live in Oklahoma, man, all right? I seen Billy Donovan coach the shit out of fucking the, the Thunder, and pardon, pardon my French, right? But I've seen, you know, Billy Donovan coach the OKC Thunder, and you, you clearly see there, man, that they basically were just a mediocre team, even with Chris Paul. It's actually the players that, you know, ended up taking, you know, the team to where, where they needed to go, man, in all honesty. But hoping that, you know, they actually say, you know what, let's fire Billy Donovan and get a new head coach, whatever. Do you actually think that, you know, Levine will probably change his mind? Because I don't see why we should trade Levine. I just don't think that that's the right move. Especially, you know, with the, you know, the crappy players that we might get in return for him. What are we going to go after, man? Some picks, man? Try to rebuild again? Especially with the rebuild, man, you clearly know if Jerry Reinsdorf's like really bastard like he is, man. He, I don't even know that's the best move because, you know, clearly nobody's going to attend those freaking games anymore, man, because there's no point, right? So all I'm saying is that I think, honestly, as, as us as the fan base, we need to start a petition to fire Billy Donovan, man. That's all I have to say, man. And, uh, you know, just so uh, if you get to post this on your uh, podcast, man, 
That'll be nice, man. Give give me a shout out, man. And just shout out to Edward up and thanks, man. Will Levine stay if Billy Donovan is fired? Listen, first of all, they're not firing Billy Donovan. Like, I wish I could sit up here and, and tell everybody what they want to hear and that the Bulls would be uh interested in firing Billy Donovan. But again, that contract extension that is not kicked in yet, that you would still have to pay him over the course of that time. And the Chicago Bulls have paid coaches to go away. We just stopped paying Jim Boylan last season, if I'm not mistaken. We we paid Fred Hoiberg two years after he left. So <clears throat> I'm not saying that it will necessarily limit them, but if he has a four, five-year extension, I don't see them firing him quite yet, and especially not at this point in the midseason. I don't see that happening. So I, 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 it's a solid question, and maybe the answer to that is yes, but it's realistically probably not going to happen. And so with that said, Zach Levine is probably on his way out. And then to what we've heard from Darnell Mayberry, Daniel uh, uh, Greenberg has said the same thing. If this truly is a trade request from Zach Levine and his camp, then – uh, that's it. They, they want to go. They want to go. And I think that when we hear like a, a player's preferred list of destinations and things like that, they may add credence to that some. So I get what you're coming at with that. And I wish I could say yes, that it's likely or yes, that it would happen. I'm not saying necessarily no, but in a perfect world, if we did fire Zach, I mean, fired Billy Donovan, would Zach stay? But everything points to and in the reality of it, that's probably not happening, brother. But all right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Alvin. Hey, hey, it's Alvin here. Uh, I just want to say uh, I I have no idea what's going on with the Bulls right now, and and uh, I I do want to blame the front office for keeping Billy Donovan, and but that I think that's the only thing I want to put the blame on them for, because in my in my team they can only do so much because Jerry and Michael you know doesn't really give them free reign to do whatever that they really need and want to do. It, it, it's like it's like they put a straight jacket on them, but they want them to move around in a straight jacket like it's possible. And another thing, I, I don't know if you remember this, but I believe it was in 2016. I believe it was a game or two after the Bulls went into quadruple overtime with Detroit, and I believe Butler had said something in the media that I guess the team didn't like, and you know the next couple games, you've seen the players kind of like distance themselves away from Butler every play that you see. That's why that's why I'm seeing, kind of seeing right now with uh, Zach Levine. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. It's like the team isn't functional. I know mostly is you know, some of it is like the coach. It's like they, they don't believe the, the coach's um, work ethic anymore, and I don't blame them. But another thing is like I don't I guess they don't want to play Zach Levine anymore because it's almost like every time something happens and like if Zach Levine says something everyone else is like yeah yeah whatever you you point the blame at us but you but you doing something probably worse than we do but you you want to act like you're the victim I I'll, let me know what you think about this uh, go red go bull see red and uh, you have a good day. Are the players distancing themselves from Zach Levine? That is actually a great question. And I'll say this. Um, I think it's telling that Zach was the only one that left the court after a win um, and that no player really, it, to my knowledge, even talked about it afterwards. The Bulls were on a three-game losing stretch. And, you know, it's not like anybody was celebrating with Zach on the sideline or even stopped him or whatever. Um, so I don't know that. I'm not, like I said, I'm not in those practices, and I really try not to speculate on things that I just, I either personally haven't heard from a source that I trust or that I've seen myself, but I will say this, that I do think per the first voicemail that the Zach Levine situation is causing chemistry issues. Again, the situation, 
Not necessarily saying Zach himself, because I don't know that. But the situation I do think is causing that. And some players may be distancing themselves mentally and emotionally from it so that they can focus on their craft and focus on playing basketball. That may be what we're seeing. And so I think until there's a resolution to the situation, we're always going to have a little bit of this. And, you know, we'll end up seeing. We'll get more details about it, of course, after Zach is finally traded. That's when you start hearing things. It may not be to this offseason, but we will start hearing things at that point in time. And then maybe that's when we start finding out exactly kind of what's been going on behind the scenes with the Chicago Bulls. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod.gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.